one-on-one, just me and you. Dungeon master, don't have a crew. Make a move, win or lose. Got past the Jews, past the Jews. A game of one-on-one D&D. You have to roll. Here we're back for the second intro of Des Moines and Dragons episode with Last Life. I'm Paul Privateer, your dungeon master for the evening, and gathered around me are some of the most sensual, sweaty bodies of the Des Moines music scene. Uh, I'm going to start to my left and have the band go around and introduce themselves. Yeah, so I'm James Segovia. I am the lead bass player. <laughs> I am Ryan Markham, and I'm lead drummer. I am Jason Monroe. I am lead rhythm guitar. I'm <clears throat> I'm Haldor von Hammer, and I am the uh, the lead sex pot. Great. So that's uh, that's the band. Um, we're gonna I'm gonna spend a little bit of time in the intro and ask them about their new album. Tell me a little bit to promote. Um, what they have going on. Uh, it's really not a lot because half of them are crippled, but uh, still interesting and worth worth touching on. So, I don't know, you guys, tell me a little bit about, I guess first tell me what Super Chief is for people that aren't chieftains or chief heads. Well, Super Chief is a collective of incredibly intelligent individuals. Um, we value freedom and artistic expression above all things. Second to that, we're alcoholics. Um, no, if you were to look up, I think it might say it on one of our pages. I don't. We, we're not really good at anything other than just playing music on stage. But if you look on one of our pages somewhere, I think you'll see that there's a quote about emulating or st- uh, some sort of sentence about emulating kind of the 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 essence of rock and roll in the way that Motorhead did it. Um, that's kind of core to us. We like to have fun, um, but really, you know, we're a band with riff rock band or something like that. Beer rock, sex rock, rock rock, butt rock. No, we're not butt rock. We're adult riff contemporary. That's right, adult riff contemporary. <laughs> but yeah, we're a fucking band out of Des Moines. We've been together uh, next year. We'll celebrate what our eleventh anniversary. Oh, that's rad. So this year it would be our tenth, but we we don't choose to pick that because of course you know 11's one better so it is um it's just yeah math. that's super chief we play kind of that you know thin think about the scope between thin lizzy all the way up through fucking whatever else is thin lizzy plus one you know uh, right that kind of stuff well so uh i think the most important thing to plug you guys just released an album in september right yeah yes uh Describe that album because it's not it's I think it's kind of uncommon for bands to do this sort of it's a concept album, right? Like it's it's evolve. It's involving a specific story from beginning to end. Yeah, it's a story that we uh, all kind of came up with. Nick Monroe uh, 
Jason came up with the idea originally, and then I kind of wrote it on out, and it basically follows a group of Heshers getting together, and uh, yeah, they end up helping out a woman and summoning a demon, and then they have to summon their own demon to fight her, and and uh, like yeah. you do, like you do, like, right. like what happens on any Friday night in any small town, right, right. Jason and I grew up. Well, we're still like Rush fans, prog rock, mm-hmm. um, huge influence for us. So um, I think it's always kind of been a bucket list thing for for us to get to do a concept album. And, you know, we had kicked it around before, but this whole yeah. idea came came well. And it actually made, I think, songwriting a lot of fun yeah. throughout the whole thing, like having an idea. To, it made it a lot more challenging on the lyric part of it, but it was... That doesn't... Yeah, it was, it was nice to have like, all right, what, are the, what the hell am I going to write this song about? Like that wasn't there, but then like trying to make the story fit within like the, the songs, like we're telling this part of it, moving on to this part. So you had like an overall story, but it was yeah. finding like where the yeah. important parts of the story to do a song about. Yeah, we kind of, so the way it really kind of happened is we had a bunch of songs that we were writing after our last album, Electric Fever. And this album, by the way, is called Moon Tower. Oh, um, thank you. But we were writing songs after Electric Fever, and we had a lot of songs that were really fucking heavy, and then we had a lot of songs that were more kind of almost like rock and roll or kind of party songs, and we didn't really want to cut any of them. We actually kicked around the idea of doing two EPs and releasing two different styles of stuff, but then I I don't remember where the hell I was, but I kind of thought of, I just had this like kind of storyboard idea of how we could do all the songs and make them kind of work together. Um, and then brought it to the guys and everybody just kind of jumped on board of the idea and it made it easy to kind of figure finish off the tunes that we hadn't finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we still kind of wrote, I think we wrote uh, the approach just on a lark in one rehearsal. It just fell together. Um, and that turned out to be like one of my favorite songs on the album. And it wasn't even part of the original storyboard, honestly. But- I think I just started playing a drum beat in Casey. Right on the spot, just came up with it. Yeah, is that the cool. one that starts with that like slow guitar riff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's like, yeah, just kind of playing this little drum groove, and Casey comes in like he does, and <laughs> just yeah, one, one kinda, of the things like with that song and a few other songs is, um, I think it's the first time we like wrote an album with themes in mind. Uh huh. And that's kind of where that came from. Is like I think the guitar part on that is like a, a borrowed riff from another song, and so that's kind of what. Oh, you mean themes like musical themes, kind of like Peter and the Wolf, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like subject matter themes as well, but like for the you know we have a we even have a a reprise of a song that's like kind of a different version of an earlier song. So um, and that one at one point I think was titled the Heroes Theme. So I also title it the Hook Brings You Back, but (laughs) nobody liked that. Uh, That that got voted out exactly four to one. Yeah. It did. It was a pretty one of the few <laughs> unanimous decisions in the band's history. It <laughs> was pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think at least one of the songs we had had like a portion of the song for probably five years. That, yeah. And we could just never figure out another. I think it was we had the verse, but not the chorus or something. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it just kind of. Yeah, that's Barking at the Blood Moon. The blood yeah. Moon. yeah. The one that you really like. That's personal fave. Actually played it at our comedy show on yeah. Friday night as uh, an intro song for one of the uh, groups to come out to. Is it nice. fucking owns. If people want to buy the album, what's the easiest place to find it and buy it? 
Is that band camp? Yeah, yeah right now. Band yeah. camp. We're in the corner of Forest and Sixth. We hang out with the van. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you guys have CDs that you sell at your shows and can right. buy from your store, right? Like physical discs. Yeah, you can order it, um, like shirts. Hats, yes, everything All on Bandcamp too. Yeah. So if you just look up Super Chief on Bandcamp, get the merch. We got, it's we cool. Got that. We got a cu- couple of our older albums on Spotify. We haven't. Yeah, put the, the merch same is up like so. Uh, here's where we're like, we probably don't do a good, good enough job trying to hawk our own merch. But um, really good artist from the Twin Cities named David Paul Seymour did the artwork. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's gnarly. It's gloomy. <laughs> it's kind of seventies looking. Um, the insert's kind of like a comic book couple panels that tells the story of the album um and he and, and um jason found some like worked on some cool designs as well but a lot of that's uh in the merch as well so that's definitely worth checking out it's really good uh the whole album's good the art's good the lyrics drums bass guitars are bitchin titties and that's been the intro section of uh des moines and dragons behind the music with super chief so we're gonna uh cut over to part one so we'll be right back okay we're we're here and we're ready to play some D&D. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll do some setting establishment right now. So we're going to establish where we are in the world, what things look like, and then we'll get to who the characters are. So the world that we're playing in is a place called Krasis. The name doesn't matter. You're in the furthest northern part of the continent. You are uh, in the place known as the Frostlands. Uh, it's... It has a couple cultural names. It's basically really fucking cold. It should look and feel to you all like remote regions of the Netherlands or the uh, Scandinavian countries. Um, How's that loincloth treating you, James? (laughs) You know what? I got this dragon's fire to keep me warm. Also, the Latin flame. (laughs) That's true. So it's uh, it's constantly snowing. (laughs) If it's not snowing a lot, there's a, a light dusting that's perpetually snowing. Um, the, the place that you're in is a little town called Te Ejal, and I'm, I'm realizing that I should have chosen a, a less complicated sounding name. Uh, you call it the Lala, what, tell, tell Te Ejal. Te Ejal. The Halal. The Halal. Yep. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, and it is a frost elf uh, town. Um, it should feel Damn. like the rugged uh, remote forts from pre-colonial America or pre-colonial Canada, probably more accurately. Uh, there's uh, everything is built out of wood. Um, there's uh, like plumes of smoke coming out from hearths inside homes. It's the only way to really heat them. Um, and it's a coastal town. Most of the uh, uh, town's goods are fetched from the sea. Uh, there's an inland sea next to the town. You all are a part of an adventuring guild simply called the Guild. You get dispatched places to solve problems that the uh, armies and the uh, mercenaries of the world are either um, not important enough to tackle or just don't make enough money. So it falls on you all to solve these problems for people. I'm not, I haven't done this for anyone else, but just to expedite things, I'm just going to, at the top of the gate, there's two exclamation point quests that you can grab. 
There's one that is simply titled Temple in the Giant. And then there's another one called Missing Orb of Te'ichal. So um, mm. I'll give you guys the quest names and let you decide which one you want to go down because that basically dictates all the, the dialogue and what happens from there. So, so the temple and the giant, is that like we got to go through the butthole or? <laughs> yeah. The fastest way to a giant's heart is through the butthole. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think that so, sounds cool. So have we have we been stationed here for a while, or are we just kind of you're just walking in the front gate? Yeah, walking in the front gate, ready to do some business. And okay. I'm just basically trying to figure out which quest giver approaches you first, so we don't have okay. to like role play. Well, like this one. I don't know, man. I'm pr- I'm partial to orbs, Ryan. You I know hate that. orbs. Yeah, I know you've paid many hours of homage to orbs. So. That's right, the Loch Nar. <laughs> I yeah, I'm kind of partial to orbs. As well, I think you're the Tiber, you're giant temple of the giant. I want, I want to mount the big woman. Okay, so you're the. You're the I'm the, I'm the. the I like the temple, man. Temple and the giant sounds temple cool. And the giant. All right, cool. This is a, this is actually a very good exercise for them to see how super chief operates. <laughs> <laughs> Never agree on anything. Right. Never right. agree on anything right. and always decide things where we don't right. have all the information. Right. Extremely successful. And someone will I'll be crying in 40 minutes. So the 8-bit title screen appears. This like The setup is very much like a video game. So the 8-bit uh, logo of Last Life uh, pixelates and comes to life. Um, that fades to black. And then uh, more pixelated font, sort of like the Castlevania font appears. And it says featuring <laughs> Super Chief. And it's like the pixelated Super Chief graphic under underneath that um, that fades into the black background and a uh, another text gr- scrawl appears as we fade in from black onto the town um, that says temple in the giant and we come to the entrance of town there's these wide open gates horses horse drawn carts are wandering inside and we see the five of you walking uh, brothers in arms uh, to solve problems for uh, those who have them uh, I'm going to go around the table and ask everyone to describe what their character looks like, uh, what their name is, and any interesting uh, physical features they may have, if they have one leg or whatever. Um, I don't care where we start. Whoever wants to go can... Sure. So I am Romeo Lambsblood. I'm a Latino dragonborn. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm average height, always cold because I'm not wearing any damn clothes. Uh, so high beams are always on. <laughs> the diamond cutters um, are loose. So what is watch it? out. Uh, so again, a dragonborn, they're like these reptilian looking creatures, long, um, like Komodo dragons that mm-hmm. are on their hind legs, more or less. And you got yeah. a long whip like tail. Um, what color of dragon are you? Oh, like a dark red, dark like red, a burgundy, burgundy, Latin well, dragonborn. Lamb's blood. Yeah. Perfect. My name is uh, Uwe Spain Midlothian. I am a gnome uh, with uh, of the druid flavor, the druid variety. And my guy is even, he's short for a gnome. He's got like a kind of a hunched back. He's very <laughs> like weathered and veteraned. Um, his eye kind of like, one of his eyes, like his left eye just kind of has a droop to it. Like he's seen some serious shit. Um, and 
he kind of looks like uh, the David the Gnome character from Nickelodeon back in the nineteen early nineteen nineties nineteen eighties, except more haggard, little tethered clothing, um, but the kind of guy that you'd want on your side. Nice. Can you can you give me his first name again? It's Ulfsbane. Ulfsbane and last name Midlothian. Midlothian, rad. All right, Doctor Monroe. So, standing next to this extremely short gnome, short for a gnome, right? So is like, this maybe like almost three feet tall? Because gnomes are like right, at max right. like three and a half feet tall. So yeah, a short gnome. Yeah. I'm would saying be, we're like two eight. Two yeah, eight. coming in a strong two eight. Two eight. <laughs> What's that in metric? Yeah, <laughs> a couple liters. Four. It's like four, like forty two centimeters. No, I don't. Know. Um. So standing next to this, uh, to the gnome, is this kind of uh, taller, uh, very shiny individual, uh, long flowing silver hair over the uh, over the top of this kind of cobalt blue plate mail, um, and radiating from himself is, of course, the words Faroth Bravelander, because that is his name, and as they see the armor, they know who he is. Um, but if you were to pay attention to the finer details on this plate armor, you would realize that all of the imagery and heraldry of this paladin is of a, of a not so pleasant nature. There's lots of like kind of sacrifice, like people hung upside down and like orgies of virgins along his belt, um, (laughs) is a, of questionable character, this fellow. Um, but he's just standing very proudly, hands on hips, as they walk in with his party with him. Mm-hmm. Casey, I am Ogden Thronecrusher. I am a dwarf ranger. Uh, with me at all times is my wolf pup. The wolf pup is black with a spot of fur on his chin. Aww. Ogden Thronecrusher is short and extremely stocky. He's very thick pasty skinned and is missing the thumb on his right hand. Nice. Okay. Um, he's got a long reddish beard, very unkempt and his hair is balding into a skullet. (laughs) (laughs) He's very standoffish. Um, a lot of the, a lot of his friends get annoyed because for being such a a thick, stocky breed, Mm -hmm. he moves about very quietly and oftentimes something will be happening and then he comes up next to somebody because they don't realize that he and the wolf pup are so sneaky. Does the uh, wolf pup have a name? Uh, the wolf pup's name is Savage. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. All right. Neat. Thanks, Casey. And lastly, Von Hammerstein. All right. So my character's name is Ashton Cumhog. <laughs> He is a tall, strong, fat demon. He has uh, goat horns. He has a nice furry tail in the back and a hairless tail in the front. Uh, uh, you are a tiefling sorcerer, right? Yep, tiefling sorcerer. Um, he's the product of a goat demon named Earl mating with a fishmonger named Caitlin Cumhog. He took his mother's name. He drinks mead. And we'll make love to anything and anyone. All right. Uh, drinks me goat horns. All right. 
That's that's good detail. <laughs> he does have people feet, though. Paul, you're so, Paul's <laughs> so encouraging. He's, no he's able to spin that. Yeah, yeah. the hooves it's, are where his hands are. Yeah. He's got <laughs> hoof hands and people feet. <laughs> he has people feet. And hoof hands. <laughs> Here, here's the where most how impractical. <laughs> He actually can't hold a weapon. <laughs> Here's where Haldor goes. And begins and ends. So have we started the game yet? Because I'm yeah, just we, describing myself. We totally have started. Oh, yeah. Getting in the that flavor. was just Haldor talking about himself. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, great. So we've, we've met our cast of heroes. Uh, so you all are walking into this village. And uh, again, you're passing through the tall front gates, the... the um, they're like that sharpened, uh, they're the long tree trunks that have the like sharpened tops. What is that? Not uh, it's a specific name. Doesn't matter. But they've got those wood walls all the way around the, the town. You walk through, there's horse-drawn carriages, deep uh, wagon wheel ruts run into the ground. And a, let's see, um, a, uh, there's a guard standing at attention, and he and he walks over to. Let's see. There's five of you, so I'll roll a d6, and if it's a six, I'll re-roll. Damn it. Uh, he comes up to you, Romeo. Uh, a he's a frost elf guard, so he's fair skinned, white hair. Um, he's wearing chainmail and carries a sword and shield um, with the town's emblem on the shield. Uh, Excuse me, are, are, are you with the guild? We are. Ah, uh, most excellent. Uh, I don't suppose you're on assignment right now. Are you looking for work? Of course, we're always looking for work. He, he, his eyes pass over each one of you and linger a little long at the goat guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh... Well, you'll have to do. Uh, we haven't, there hasn't, uh, haven't seen many guild members come through here in a while. I assure you, good man, that we are capable and ready to take up any of your work. Uh, very good. Uh, the Duke will see you. Would you follow me? I'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> he. Indeed. He, uh, inches closer towards Romeo at that and. Yes, follow me and turns and begins leading you towards the inner part of the town. Uh, you get further in and there's a long wood house, uh, or a long house, like a Viking style long house. Wood long house. A wood long house with, uh, carved dragon heads on the side of the, um, at the crest, uh, the apex of the A-frame building. And there's two other guards standing guard at the front door. Uh, as you approach, the guards open the door and stand aside, allowing you entry into the, uh, the Duke's. Longhouse. Um, who who enters first? Who's the first one that the Duke will likely see? Well, I just inherently continue to walk out. Pay, you know, I'm just kind of shoving my way through. Of course, you know, depending on whatever's happening, I am going to be the first one through the door. Cool. Um, I have to set the appropriate tone here. Um, can't let the the smelly dragonborn go through first. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So, well, they're they're very similar to me. I'm of the Frost Elf group. That's right. That's right. So, Faroth, uh, you enter in first, and you're immediately hit by a smell of burning incense, and uh, a there's a bit of a smoky meat smell inside as well. 
as I'm walking through, I'm pushed over by the gnome who like actually like between my legs just kind of runs, just enjoys the meat flavors is so much of much of a natural smell. Uh, uh, so Ulfbane, you see uh, there's a there's a big spread feasting table that's spread out, and there's a couple uh, nobles that are sitting at the table. They're wearing fur coats, obviously, because it's still pretty cold, but they are just chowing down on some meat and grapes. On the other end of the table is a, uh, a raised platform, and there's a large wood-carved throne. And uh, at the throne is a man, a frost elf man, who... Uh, appears to be in council with another frost elf guard, and they are talking to each other very closely. Where do you go? What do you do? Well, initially, I mean, I'm a very curious, uh, ever hungry uh, elf or gnome, mm-hmm. um, and so I immediately am just drawn to the table. And one of my, despite being a little bit smaller, I use it to my advantage. A little bit sneaky, so I'm able to take some fresh potatoes and uh, some boar meat off the table. Nice. And- eat a little bit, get my fill before uh, everyone else is served. Uh, can you roll subterfuge for me? So what that is, is you take your d20 and you're just going to roll it and then you add your move, which is uh, the MV score and then give me that total. So 7 plus 9 is 16. Great. So that number, I assign in my head a difficulty uh, between like 10 being pretty easy and 24 being nearly impossible. And depending on what you want to do, I assign a a difficulty in my head. And if you exceed the difficulty, you accomplish it. And if you don't, you fail. Um, So I'm telling you that you very deftly sneak a couple potatoes and some boar meat. Um, And uh, you, you get those in your do you eat them or you put them in your pocket? I put the potatoes in my pocket and I mush them up in my pants. <laughs> and I eat the I eat the boar meat right away. Great. Uh, you, you just swallow and one of the um, noble women that is, uh, was in conversation with another noble woman turns and, and shouts, oh, oh, oh my, you, f- you frightened me. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, you were a ghastly little fellow. <laughs> Hi, uh, and I think at the commotion, the duke turns to see who has entered his chambers and says, Ah, are you from the guild, by chance? Absolutely. Approach! I suppose I'll waddle over there. I just had a little bit of meat. I've got a little energy in me. (laughs) Come, come, all of you, come close. My lord! I am Fairoth Bravelander, and I am here with my company of men to answer the call. We hear that you have some trouble about, is that correct? Uh, yeah, so who, who do you need us to mess up? <laughs> uh, my, you are a distinguished group of adventurers. Uh, yes, well, it is thank, thankful that you are here. And yes, there is something of quite dire need that needs attending to. Is it your daughter? No. (laughs) No. No. Gods, no. No, uh, we have a situation. Uh, You see, it is the middle of the ice burn, the coldest time of year. It's so cold, exposed skin, even that of a frost elf would burn off. As such, any warriors I have are unable to make this dangerous trek. 
problem is the temple of Alec Rashi. It is a temple that sits atop a dead frost giant. It is a sacred duty of the sons and daughters of Te'echal to guard this temple, to keep it safe. At the temple's bottom is the giant's <laughs> frozen heart. Our garrison of men were overrun there by something. My fear is that improper handling of the giant's heart could awaken him. And if that were to happen, well, all the Icelands would be in great danger. So my ask, go to the northern temple, kill what you find there, and ensure the safety of the giant's heart. Would you take upon this quest for me? I would provide, and he looks over at Romeo being very stark naked, winter accompaniments to protect you from the worst of the iceburn ravages. That would be welcome, but what else will you pay us? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I would most certainly, were you to uh, assure the safety of uh, our sacred temple, uh, I would provide all manner of... Hold on. And he leans over and calls over a... Uh, there, there's a man in a, a blue cloak with a uh, chain waistband. Um, he calls this old-looking elf over, and an old elf would be, like, thousands of years old. Elves age much slower than most of the other races do, so an old elf would be thousands of years old. So this crippled, old, haggard-looking elf waddles over and whispers into the duke's ear. I think we, uh... There are some lands that we have available just outside of the city. Good lands, hunting lands, that would be promised each of you were you to return home and uh, confirm to us that the temple is made safe. Additionally, uh, I've confided in my friend here that our treasury, we would be willing to provide a thousand gold pieces per man. Any women? Is that what... Yes. I I suppose we could find one. Or... Probably one, but maybe maybe there's two. Well, it's it's one woman or two men. That, that's what I want. We'll find something that would meet your specifications, um, sir. Is are you a sir? Address you as sir. So I'm trying to not assume your pronoun. Oh, I think in front, if you look down, you'll see my pronoun. Oh, <laughs> I assure you, sir. Despite his pretenses. As a womanizer, he serves quite well in the guild and is a worthy sidekick in our division. Uh, Roll subterfuge again for me, please. (laughs) Um, And uh, since you are sneaky, you get to add your full move. Most classes, it can be reduced by half if you're not a sneaky class. So go ahead and use your full move and add it to this roll. Eleven. Total? Total. He looks at you and he raises an eyebrow and says, Right. Um, very well then. Uh, is there anything else you require aside from uh, uh, some clothes for this naked man here and some pants for this hooved fellow? Uh, should you require anything else from me? Now is the time to ask. Mead. We have to go very well. A, a cask will be brought up from the storehouse. That can be arranged. My wolf pup will be needing some bones. It, 
Yes, bones. Yes, we will as many bones as you like. Bones of plenty. Come, savage. We of course shall require travel rations, as well as to sup at your fine table this eve before we depart early morn. It is getting quite cold today, and the sun will be setting soon. Yes, uh, you may stay in the guest rooms of my longhouse. As my guests, you are uh, welcome to food and drink and any women that should take you. My my home is your home, so... Like in the middle of them. In the middle of him saying that, I just like kind of plow myself down right by the in like one of these noble women and sit down, kind of. Normally, a court like paladin would be very refined, not so much. Slam down and just start eating food and start drinking. Like maybe we haven't eaten really recently, <laughs> yeah, know, kind of thing. So, uh, does any does anyone else have? else have anything specific to accomplish before the next day or do we montage the evening and go to the next like the next the next day um, I think I'd like to do some plowing so <laughs> yeah um, so for this sort of thing I would go around and ask like to get a montage of what each of you would do um, we don't really need to get into specifics of like the conversation but there's like a quick montage 80s montage style thing that plays um so I guess we'll start. Can, before we do that, can yeah, I yeah. set a, pre- a preface to that? Yeah, to- yes. So please. I'm a paladin of Lady Hypatia. She is the mistress of pleasure and pain. Jesus. So, Goddamn. The only reason these people mm-hmm. travel with me is because they don't really understand this, but I'm constantly pushing them to engage in overly indulgent acts of violence and sexuality. So... <laughs> The entire evening, I'm feeding people <laughs> alcohol and really taking advantage of this mead that we've been given and uh, just trying to get an orgy going, you know. And I'm not even necessarily involving myself in it. I'm more of like a, a conduit for these behaviors. All right. So, so montage away with that preface. I just Yeah, we'll go around the horn. And with that in mind, uh, let's... Uh, let, Ashton... <laughs> Ashton, come hog. Uh, Ashton, what do you do during this like montage scene that plays out? Are this you, sort of like ends the the first part of the of the. I use my de- demonic ways to woo a woman into touching my front tail with her bottom parts. Okay, uh, great. Uh, go ahead and make a lore save for me. So that is going to be you roll a d20. Okay. And then since you are a magical fucker, you get to use your full move uh, score to add to this. Are they aware that we're playing a reduced rule set? Yeah, I'll touch on that once I get all these rules. 16. 16 and then plus your move. Which is the... MV. MV. MV? Okay, so 16 plus 9, that's... uh, 25. So you you are arm in arm with ladies. They they like they like the hooves. <laughs> they love the hoof hands. They love the hoof hands. All despite, the way in them. Despite everything their dad told them about guys like you. <laughs> they're, they're Nobody way knew that guys like him existed, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. If you haven't been 
with a tiefling. Then you haven't been with anyone, let me tell you. So we, we, uh, so there's a, like the other guy's style freeze frame thing where the camera does like a 360 degree view of, of, uh, heavily breasted women putting their boobs in your face and there's booze being poured on their boobs. Um, oh, booze boobs. Plus some other things. Cut over to Ogden. Ogden, what does your montage scene look like? So very standoffish. Um, Slowly eating upon some meat and sipping some mead, um, but very much eyeing the room and watching Savage the wolf pup and observing his uh, behavior towards everybody in the room. And maybe like a little bit of just like thinking about like this particular mission and being a little little more distracted or concerned with what's going to happen than everybody else. I like that. They're very quiet and standoffish. Are there any... Uh, do you, So there are some courtesans that approach that uh, want to pet your dog. Um, do you let them? So very like as he's okay with it. So yeah. it's kind of like... So Ogden is trying to like not be disengaged with the activities of the evening, but also not be fully participated with them. Gotcha. So he's kind of like acknowledging that there's fun being had, but you can tell his, his thoughts are elsewhere. All right. So these ladies are pretty, I mean, the party has started, so they're pretty lit and uh, they're going to try to pet this dog. Uh, I'm going to say a 25% chance the dog just bites one of their hands. Uh, 21. So <laughs> they go to like drunkenly put their hand on the dog and the dog snarls and bites one of their hands. And the montage is, uh, we get this again, 360 degree pan of oh <laughs> a girl holding her hand in blood rolling off of her nice. palm and everyone is pointing and laughing at her. Uh, easy savage. <laughs> Faroth, what is your, uh, montage scene? Um, so, I'm regaling people with tales of heraldry and bravery and greatness, but all the whole while, I'm just constantly filling people's mugs, overflowing. They're just pouring over on the table, and I'm just filling them. And I have almost like a kind of a craze, like, like you know, like my eyes are dilated, and I'm just tuned in to this activity. And the more women that show up and the more alcohol that's being poured all over the table and... I'm just feeling more with it and I'm just anybody that shows an inkling of that kind of, and I'm just encouraging them. Great. And I'm just feeling empowered by it. So yeah, we, we catch this scene of, um, yeah, you very deliberately encouraging the debaucherous behavior. Indeed. And the other frost elf courtesans and, uh, noblemen, uh, we see them come up and talk to you and laugh at inside jokes with you. And, um, we, Ulfbane, what uh, what is your montage like, good sir? Yeah, mine's fairly kind of similar to Ogden. Uh-huh. Um, I am constantly always just the smallest person in the room um, where I'm at. So yeah, there's drunk people like tripping over you and not and like almost stepping on you. Yeah, I'm kind of just scurrying around the room, <laughs> a little bit hectic, uh-huh. um, nibbling those pocket taters. Like five of those <laughs> Just pretty, pretty much eating because I know that you know it's going to be a long, a long process the next day. So I'm basically eating. Um, I actually took concern with the lady getting her hand bit by the dog. As okay. a gnome, I kind of had some like uh, holistic druid things that I was initially drawn to maybe help her. But then 
people kept tripping over me. I was just getting annoyed, so I kind of stayed in the corner and continued to eat. <laughs> Great. Taters. Taters. Yeah, so you we... You just described my entire high school. <laughs> <laughs> and then, lastly, Romeo, what is your evening yeah. montage entail? So as a barbarian, looking at all these fancy elves with their book smarts and whatnot, I'm very angered. So I'm going to choose a couple of the guards, the strongest guards, to probably pick a fight. Um, And kind of, as Faroth has given me the liquid courage I need, I'm going to attack my host. Perfect. uh, Ogden Thonecrusher, while watching everything that's happening after the melee of the dog bite, notices that Romeo Lamb's blood's skin has darkened to a deeper red. So he knows that he needs to be on guard. Yeah, like a like a lizard that is. Yeah. The yeah, darker yeah. it is, the more angry I am. Yep. Flush. I, I knew something was going on as soon as that Ed Hardy shirt came on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Romeo, you you um, I in actually a, a really perfect fade to black. Um, the first punch gets thrown by uh, one of the one of the guards actually to you and you definitely like knock it out of the way make a athletics roll for me so it's going to be a d20 and then you get to use your whole move score because you're a smashy fucker so 4 12 16 16 so still even though uh maybe it wasn't a very well placed block just the fact that this guy is so wasted and you're just such a naturally good combatant you knock him off his game and just the scene fades to black on this stomp that you're putting on this guy yeah and um i'm going to pass around the map the world map um so you you were starting in Te'ichal and you're heading up to the Elach Roshi temple which is the very north um and then while the cast is looking at the area map, I'll explain a little bit about the game that we're playing. So we're not playing traditional 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. We're playing a, uh, a mod called Fucking D&D, which is literally a two-page uh, sheet um, that gives you all the tools you need to roll dice and use numbers and math to kill things while being a little friendlier to this sort of setup where these guys come in blind and, uh, well, most of them come in blind. Uh, a few of them know some of the rules, but just a way to get everyone on the same page and playing right away, we're using this light uh, mod called Fucking D&D. Fucking D&D. So you can Google Fuckin that. D&D. Yeah, it's ex- pronounced exactly as such. Nice. Um, so there's a, there's a Google Drive, and you can download these rules for free. Uh, and it's a really good way to get people that don't know how to play or to do a more... Um, a narrative style game where you give your players the freedom to kind of describe what it is they do. And there's not a lot of numbers in the way stopping them. So yeah. go to who the fuck is my D and D character.com. You fuck use the first <laughs> one you get, unless it's super shitty. <laughs> it's, so do they have to type in dot com. You fuck. Or it's just HTTP dot black backslash backslash. There's red skull camp. Where's the captain America camp? Exactly. There is none. Not in this world. That's because he fucking killed him. Um, so he did not. He was frozen. Uh, Hail Hydra. <laughs> I'm a very big fan of Hydra. So, uh, Faroth, I was passing around the world map, which essentially um, you guys are at the very south here of the continent, and you're heading way up oh, here. at the penis okay. of the continent. Each okay. hex is a day's worth of travel. 
Wow. And okay. so each hex involves a role to encounter something. Some of them could be completely innocuous, and some of them could involve um, solving a problem or killing a guy. So, or a girl, but probably a guy. Gals. So, um, uh, so we're uh, went to the next day. Yes. Yeah, so the the scene faded to black um, okay. on uh, Romeo decking a guard in the face. Okay. And I'm going to do qu- some quick math here and see how many days this is going to take. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it's going to take ten days to travel from town to uh, the Alak Roshi Temple. Ten day travel. So that'll mean ten encounter rolls. So the Salman Rushdie Temple? Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> They're very, uh, they won't leave you alone in the airports. So let me scroll down to the tables. So we've got three rolls on forest and seven rolls on snow. So I don't care who, uh, but first things first, uh, what's the marching order of um, you guys as you head out into the wilderness? Is there someone that leads? Um, Who's in the back? I feel like Ogden Throne Crusher stays to the back. And Savage the Wolf Pup is very um, worried about what could be coming from behind at right. all times versus up to the lead. He's got, he's got like his ears perked up and he's always checking. Yep. 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 I think it's probably I walk, fair off in that. I walk in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, or I should say, uh, Oogle Spain walks in the middle. We always stick uh, Ashton up front, the hooved man. He kind of <laughs> parts parts the way. Just to uh, confuse people. Just to confuse people. <laughs> I just love all this. my tail. So naturally it's incorrect. It's a natural shock it. and awe. Like, all the instincts are wrong. I love this. this I know. Is I good. love the idea so of I, putting the caster. Yes. The so I would like to say that out of the group, so I, uh, just as an aside, I am extremely happy to finally play D&D with my, the brothers in my band. Uh, we've never done this before, so this is fucking awesome. Uh, Second to that, I really like to say yes that all your instincts are incorrect with all this, and I love it. It makes look, all the sense. I look forward to all of our deaths. It's going to be very good. Well, what if I don't want to be in the front? Though? What if I want to be in the back? What if I want to be? But we stick a woman in front of you, and just—it's like, like instead of a carrot on a stick, it's, it's a woman. A woman yeah. oh it's God. a woman on a stick. It's actually just a that's, butt. On that's a what stick. they did. To, that's what they did. The witches, though, right back in that day. All right, those fake so, Amazon butts that you can. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, what you're describing, I like because it reminds me of like what we've talked about with Big Trouble in Little China, where like we think like we're this badass guild that's awesome and we have no business like being as good as we (laughs) are because we do everything wrong. I thought that maybe what we should have done last night is just try to take over the town and not even do the adventure. (laughs) That kind of passed over my head. Um, So I will, I do want to say this as it faded to black, Paul, um, I took a woman to my room and as she achieved orgasm, I absorbed her sexual energy into an amulet on my, on, on my, uh, it killed her. She doesn't actually, she's actually gone. She literally physically absorbed into this amulet I have on my neck, um, Uh which was a gift of my patron Hypatia. So. Um, Could you be a little bit more specific? Yeah. Can you add a <laughs> courtesan soul to yeah. your character sheet underneath the amulet item? 
I got it, my man. Just tapped it. Save that bad bitch for later. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, I do like the marching order. I think it's perfect that the one that's got the most move and probably the most adept at finding things is in the middle. I think it's best that the ranger, who is also very good at adept at finding things, is in the back with his dog that can range forward and that you can communicate with. I think it's really good that the barbarian is somewhere, and I think it's good that you're leading. Um, I don't agree. I don't agree. Why am I in the front? <laughs> I don't want to lead anybody. Why am I in the bed? Basically, we had to vouch for you so you didn't die last yeah. night. Haldor is so more we need to get you Listen, out of the You know what happened last night? I had I had three of these elven women. Now, they may be my senior by like 500 years, <laughs> but I showed them the time of their life. You had them because I lied for you. <laughs> All right. So you lied is, for me. I lied for me. This is actually the conversation as we're walking. Yeah, so it fades yeah, in on ignored. the trail to that literal conversation. Yep. Um, and marching order, whatever. We've established uh, yep. the... Uh, I don't know, Shaggy. So I, I need someone, I don't care who, to roll an encounter roll for me. So it's going to be a D100. So you take one of these dice that has uh, some tens digits on it. And then you take a... The ones dice has the same amount of sides, but instead of having like tens digits, it's ones. You roll them at the same time, and then um, your tens digit, so 60, and then the ones digit would be four, so 64 for me. But what did you roll, uh, Romeo? Uh, 90 and a zero, so. (laughs) Okay, so 90. Yeah, we're getting far, gentlemen. Cool. (laughs) And usually the higher up you go, the, the crazier, goofier shit you run into. Oh, here we go. The first hex, and it's getting real. Great. So uh, you see... Uh, We're doing some hex, Max, So in the, he rolled a die. So... Oh. <laughs> 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 well, a little, little hex, Max, for the evening. A little salsa for little everybody. Salsa. So uh, Ashton, at the... Uh, you you were leading, so you're the first one that sees this. Um, you oh, see... Fuck. Uh, So, um, and we're walking through the woods, right? Uh, this is the forest setting, so we're not quite into the, the frost lands yet. We're still in this uh, forested pine forest, uh, bastone sort of looking place like uh, Band of Brothers uh, late, se- uh, late in the season. Um, and there's a light snowfall. And Ashton, <laughs> from around a tree, a man in camouflaged face paint um, with... Uh, messy black hair rounds a tree right in front of you. Hey. Hi. My name's John Ramco. My name's Ashton Cumhog. How are you? He looks you up and down and says, I've been followed here by orcs staging an ambush. That sounds pretty stupid. You interested in helping me? No. He looks at the rest of you. Does he speak for the rest of you? How many orcs are there? Two. We can handle a couple orcs. He's a fucking liar. (laughs) How well do you know this land, stranger? Well, I'm not from here. I'm just a traveler, you see. I was in the war, and uh, I'm actually on my way home. And these orcs were hassling me. I ran away, and they chased me. I've got a few hours head start on them, but uh, I was preparing an ambush, and you lot came along. Brainlander, how hungover are you? 
She she has my lady has blessed me with a wonderful headache today. I am ready for battle. What were they hassling you for? They were just hassling me because of who I am. I fought in the war, you know. How what fought? war? The you know, the the war. How far off are the orcs? If they're a few hours behind me. I got into these woods and thought this would make a good place to set a trap. You know, I was an adventurer like you, but I took an arrow to the knee. He looks you up and down, <laughs> notices your very human feet, <laughs> your cloven hands, <laughs> cloven hoofed hands. Gentlemen, we have to travel north. However, my blade does wish to drink fresh blood today. I don't know. I'm as an orc or as a my my gnome character I'm a little bit not into this. Mm-hmm. I I we've got a good commitment already. Yeah, cuz you would realize that this you may lose a day or you may even lose more if you hang around. And we're 10 days out from, from Yeah, where this we're is going. the first day. This is the first detour. So I I I'm personally not feeling it. I I sense your frustrations, my little friend. Would you care to share what your thoughts are? Well, <laughs> Yes, we can. Um, I've lived over 100 years. I've seen many, many things in the woods. It's where I've spent my entire life. And I just get a bad feeling about this guy and this so-called war that he's fighting. I think there's more to it and call it my druid intuition. But I think there are. Uh, bigger challenges ahead, and we should save our energy and our resources for the battles ahead. Ogden, can you send your wolf pup out to scout for us to verify these facts? I will, but I stand with Brave. <laughs> brave Lander. <laughs> it's been too many days since my axe felt an orc skull. Very good, brother. Then yes, we shall combine arms and set an ambush. I, John we are waiting for quorum here, my friend. We are a democratic group. <laughs> Very well. I'd rather... Neither, not, not one single leader here, but you look at a fellow ship of equals. Okay, Stephen Toast. I don't trust this fuck for one minute. I think it'd be a good idea to start off this. Uh, <laughs> start this off with a good battle. All right. But one of us needs to be watching Fine. this guy. Fine. Battle. So uh, John Ramco uh, asks if... Uh, <laughs> John Ramco, um, if you ask for it, he helps... Um, set you guys up in a uh, strategically optimal ambush position, but you're also free to set yourselves up. Um, so I'll go around the table and see uh, if anyone has any preference. Otherwise, I'll just put you in a spot and we'll get to the murdering. I want to be right behind John Ramco. He's this motherfucker's there to double cross us. Okay. So Ashton is by John Ramco. He's not even Rambo. He's Ramco. He's like the off-brand Rambo. Oh, yeah. 
I'm going to, is this kind of a natural like roadway pathway kind of thing? No, no, this is very remote. Like you, Jesus I mean, Christ. <laughs> All right. So in an opening, I will like set up like a, like a disheveled camp and rest and sit by it. Okay. Are you like the bait basically? Sure. The master bait. Faroth. And then Ogden. Um, not far off from Faroth in a, a decent hiding space, but towards the front, though, where the danger is probably coming from. Yep. With the wolf He, he gives you like a di- general direction of where the orcs are coming from. Right, right. Or where he says they are. And we'll get to the wolf pup coming back here in a second. Okay. So I just want to collect these details right now. So Ogden. Somewhat in a scout position. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Romeo or um, Ulfsbane? Uh, since I've got a lot of move, I'd like to be, or movement, I'd like to be able to be back far enough, mm-hmm. unseen, so I can jump right into battle. Hell yeah. Awesome strategy. Awesome, awesome strategy. Sound. I forgot that's part of things. <laughs> and then, uh, Ulfsbane, where do you set yourself up? I hide inside a log. <laughs> Sweet. So there's a nice. small uh, ground squirrel inside the log with you. Oh, hey, how's it going? I. Uh, You're new. Where are you from? Well, I'm I'm part of the guild. We're uh, on a journey. We're on a quest. Oh, very good. Where are you going? Where are you going? We're going up north, and quite frankly, I don't like all the questions you're asking, and <laughs> we've got some shit going down right now, and I would appreciate it if you just leave us alone at this point. Thank you. <laughs> the this, this squirrel looks at you in stunned silence, and then slowly turns, and squirrel walks out of the log. Like, I, I, told, like, I told you that Oofspam and Lothian is a... Like, sunken-eyed, very <laughs> agitated, old, short gnome. He, he's not your jovial yeah. guy. He's very suspicious about everything. Yeah, it's perfect because all the ground creatures believe you to be nice, and you're, you're not beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the economy. <laughs> Ogden, so uh, the um, savage comes, comes running back to you and tilts his head to the side, and... You all hear Savage speak to Ogden um, in like barks or grunts, but Ogden, you hear it as uh, just someone speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, them orcs are coming down. I seen them. How far away? They's about one hour away. Everybody, shut up. We've got orcs coming for us about one hour out. There's about three of them. They look real mad. <laughs> the my gnome character is automatically suspicious because we were told there were two, and uh, there are apparently more. And this guy undersold us, and it was something I was worried. And we will about. not be undersold. It was, it was something I was worried about. I just didn't trust this fella. So Ramco, the wolf pup says three. What say you? Uh, the the, the wolf pup is uh. Well, I don't know. I, I ran out of there, you know? Shit got real crazy there. I just tried to run away. I didn't get an exact count. I didn't know there were... I didn't think there were a ton. How many did How many did he say? Hey, man. There's three of them, okay? All right. Jeez. Fine. Uh, wh- What's he saying? 
It's just here barks. There's three, trust me. Okay, three of them. That's just one more than what I said, okay? Big deal. Yeah, well, what did you do to piss them off? Well, I was in the war, you know? I came back, I came home, no one wanted me. So I've been a drifter. So I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to hold you down and you're going to tell me what's really going on. Hey, put me down. Um, make a, uh, I guess this would be like an intimidation roll. So, I and you're using this. your physical presence to intimidate him. So roll athletics and then you can add your full move because you're a smashy fucker. So a d20 and then add your athletics. One. Oh, well, that's okay because that's actually a no. d12. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> So that didn't count. We're yep. good at this. <laughs> That's okay. Yay. They look so similar. They are. Different numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, one the, has 20, one has 12. The, those normally tip you off. <laughs> uh, six plus you said move? Yep, your full uh, move. So 18. 18. So he, he pees. <laughs> <laughs> now they can smell us great. <laughs> and... What was your exact question? Tell us the truth. Fine. Look, okay. I <laughs> I was trying to make a quick buck. I sold them uh <laughs> I sold them some bad rations and they were upset about it, okay? Automatically I am so fucking pissed. <laughs> I mean, I am I am about ready to come out of my log. <laughs> it's just like rare down. Listen, guys. I'm I, ready to set oh, this dude on fire. I, I hear that. Gentlemen, I think I have a solution. And I walk up to him and I, my friend, Romeo, would you please hold him down? Well, of course. Oh, I start putting stakes in the ground and I tie him down to it. <laughs> like, we're going to leave him for his, uh, his uh, um, uh, pursuers and we'll uh, make our way to our adventure, shall we? No, you don't, you don't need, th- I can't do a good Stallone. <laughs> okay. Oh, you, you, you don't need to do that. Now, you see, my patron enjoys this as much as anything. Oh, go. Oh, wait, stop. So do you t- tie him down then? Absolutely. Okay, so he is now tied down. And he, hey, let me go. Let me, let me go. No. We, like, <laughs> we leave him. And you leave. Serves you right. We leave him and kind of veer we off still have away from where We'll have to, actually, at this point, now I like your dog in the back. <laughs> Wait, that sounded weird. I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say hog in the back. Um, yeah, I mean, there's orcs an hour behind us, right? Well, with his dog in the back and his front tail yeah. in the front. <laughs> we're yeah. settled. We're good. Yeah. We're good. So we'll you, you, good you guys Saturday continue night. the trek onward. Um how about, well, I'll roll for the dog then. So he's sort of looking around. Um, so the dog's, uh, Ogden, you see that the dog's nostrils flare and you can hear it <laughs> taking a good sniffs in. Hey, Ogden. What do you got? I smell some orcs. Everybody quiet. How far off, Savage? Up. Uh, they can't be more than 10 minutes that away. And he points with his nose uh, roughly northeast from where you were heading straight north. He's pointing a little northeasterly. And you can see, and again, this is just like a dense pine forest. So but that would be ahead of where the ones that we knew of were coming from, right? And where we left that guy. So they are heading south. So the guys are, maybe I didn't describe that well, the orcs... Um, 
were heading south towards him, and he was heading. Oh, towards so we him. were going to meet them regardless. Yes. yes. Okay. But it, the question is, how far around? Like, how much of a wide berth do you give these orcs? I'm fine well, with telling them where we left. This that's ex- yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Ogden um, Savage looks up at you. So what's the plan, boss? What do you guys think? Should we send the orcs back to Ramco? Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. I don't trust that fuck. He's fucking dead. So uh, uh, about 10 minutes passed, and you see um, some orcs in uh, like dark chain mail. Like they, they are the Tolkien, Tolkienist Tolkien orcs that you've ever seen. They're running through the snow with axes and, uh, well, it's not snow, excuse me, the, the, the light dusting on the ground. And they turn and look uh, to, to notice your party. And um, two of them hang back and one of them uh, cautiously approaches you. He's standing maybe 60 feet away next to a tree, partially with his body just partially cut, uh, in cover and calls out um, in pretty broken common, which is... Uh, the language that everyone speaks because it's, English. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's banker's language. It's American. Yeah. He speaks American and the orcs are. Deductible. Hey. Well, have you seen a, a guy who's about this tall? He's got. As he's talking, I kind of look at the group. Gentlemen, would you like me to address this, or would you prefer to take it yourselves? Feroth, Feroth, please speak for the group. Very well. Make sure he's you about, ask him what it's worth. He's about this tall, and he's got a little baby knife, nothing really worth writing home I, about. I stand for it in, in broken black speech, speaking their language. I kind of grunt some sounds, and I basically say... Your quarry has been pinned and is ready for you. Not yet, but X number of leagues this way. However, to pass, you must provide some sort of homage to my lady, Hypatia. A patron of Hypatia? Interesting. I might have something to offer her then. And he stands from aside the tree and... Um, pulls out a jagged-looking orc knife from his belt and cuts, uh, lifts up his chainmail shirt and cuts across his chest a, 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 a runic-looking pea. And uh, the orcish blood bleeds down his uh, dark-complected skin. My character orgasms. <laughs> How much is there? How much? How much? Uh, probably at least three <laughs> teaspoons. <laughs> That was a really quick answer. So I'm impressed. I would have had to do some, like, you know, like, I might have even had to Google. Like that like, scene with, like, the normal? math equations right. are in front of your face. It's like, it's like a beautiful mind right now trying to figure this out. I mean, in his defense, the night before, he, like, orgasmed. Yeah. That's why it's so little. 20, right. 20 to 30 That's right. Demon, demons come a lot. That's three to eat more bananas. Three teaspoons or three tiddlywinks. <laughs> three like little poots. 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 <laughs> Ashton, Ashton gives the proper homage, not a couple of poots. I've never been so personally offended in my life. 
So yeah, he's standing there with his chest bleeding in a runic, the runic sigil of uh, of your god, Hyperia. Hypatia. Hypatia. Thank you. And uh, is the lady not pleased? She is. You will find your quarry to the south, my friend. And the orc turns to his compatriots that are further back. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. And they <laughs> cheer and then... Um, but as he passes, I... But you shall not go further. The Frost Elf village beyond is not your quarry. Oh, we've got no problems with the Frost Elves. Just this piece of shit that you've tied up quite nicely for us. So here, as a token of my thanks and hands you the uh, gnarled dagger that still has uh, traces oh. of his chest blood on it. Pocket that. Uh, great. Spank material. Yeah, save that. In spank the, bank. In the spank bank. In the spank bank. And, in the city. And great. So uh, for the rest of the day, you all travel northward and make camp and rest. If there's anything else, we can move to the next day. We've got, yeah, I think we got time to set up the next hex encounter. Or sleepy time. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like, you'll, yeah, I mean, you'll I got, rest. I'm just most, I'm myth with you. Just, well, because you don't sleep, remember? That's right. I'm on watch. Creepy watch. <laughs> <laughs> People wake up, it's like a nose pressed to your nose, like, hi. I, be- I believe my character finds a deer to make love to. Knocking hooves. <laughs> <laughs> the deer screams in ecstasy. Oh, God damn it. Stacy. So, fucking silent killer. So that's way better than anything else Knocking. to fade to black on. So it yeah. fades to black on the sounds of hooves <laughs> in slow, rhythmic, <laughs> accelerating... <laughs> Fade to Black, we'll be right back with part two of Dwayne and Dragon's Last Life with the band Super Chief. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>